0: Bismillah ar rahim and welcome back to yet another episode of How to Pakistan. I'm Musharraf Zaidi. Uh, we've been gone for a while, fussy? Uh Fussy here, and
1: yes, we've been gone for a while. A little bit of travel. a ka masla tha, sa wo procedure karna tha, to masail But we're back, and we're back with a, a two-series uh, episode that we hope you like with a really great guest. Again, somebody I'm having. I'm very fortunate that I get a chance to. Speak to him because of uh, the program. Even Listen, you them. can butter me up
0: after the show. <laughs> can we focus, can on, we focus on our actual guest? <laughs> um, I'm, it's a great privilege. Uh, probably the finest uh, writer, cricket writer in the world today. For my money, I agree. Is, yes, is a man. Stop! Stop snickering. Is a man. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs>
2: <laughs> don't embarrass.
0: Him. No. Don't jealous. No, others will jealous. Jared Kimberd, ko, somebody tell Jared Kimberd, don't jealous because actually it's 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 a young man yeah. named Usman Samyuddin. I'm a huge fan. Yeah. I have yeah. been since forever. But after it's the other ad- well, fan. <laughs> 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 no, but the thing is that after the Unquiet Ones, you actually discover like this narrative quality that this man has is goes far beyond the sort of 1500 word uh, sort of odyssey. And, yeah. You know, it really is like he, he's a writer and he covers cricket and he knows about cricket and he's got heart. Yes. It's a great, great, great combination. Great privilege to welcome you to the show, Osman Samyuti. That's so, way too much all that you've said. But I will I will just add to all your praise.
1: I will add this that today, or no, yesterday morning, I got retweeted by George Clinton. And I think my life is made. <laughs> no, no. Is a singer? No.
0: Soul. Fussy is being facetious. <laughs> <Fuscious. Yes. laughs> fussy is being facetious. Facetious. Yes, yeah, George Clinton, I think I should just retire now. <laughs> no, I think that's great, actually. That's um. fantastic. Um, we're going to have to tell all the kids who George Clinton is. Uh, kids, yeah. George Clinton is not related to Hillary and Bill. Before the Red Hot Chili Peppers,
2: there was George Clinton.
0: Yeah, that's 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 pretty heavy. What else do you listen to? Oh, yeah, I listen to everything and anything. A lot of, like, a lot of Pakistani music, but yeah, a uh, lot of jazz, a lot of blues, a lot of reggae. What do you think of like... Atif Aslam's tajdar e haram because I actually mentioned it in one of my pieces and I'm really taken by it these days. Uh, you know, I, it didn't really grow on me
2: that much. But I, I think I was listening to like, I had just got a record player at the time that was happening and I, I was listening to a lot of old, like, just rock, like Led Zepp and Clapton and stuff suddenly. So I was heavily into that in this phase. I, I find I can't multitask
0: when I listen to music. So, you're trying to say that you're sort of... You're, you're essentially a lot more English medium than than the rest of us. No,
1: no but, but he's a very erudite
0: and you know, sophisticated.
1: sophisticated listener. <laughs> okay, so here's
0: how we're going to break this down yeah. because I think... Having Usman on the show is a great privilege and the T20 World Cup is still happening. The yeah. important tournament is the one in for which For other still, nations, you mean, yes. No. But the important <laughs> tournament... <laughs> no, for thing. other nations. For <laughs> us, it's oh, over. No, it's not. Please let me <laughs> let me finish the sentence because oh, and you'll and appreciate it. You bring in women's Thank 20. you. Yes, I agree. The important tournament is the T20 World Cup between yeah. the women's national teams yeah. and our team is still representing big time yeah. uh, and yeah. it's very exciting. You're in India, if I'm not mistaken. I am. I'm in Delhi, as we speak. And you were in Mohali just earlier today. Uh, yeah, I was. I was and, and you've been traveling, traversing the, the, the four corners of that great country that, uh, that sends over uh, terrorist, infiltrator, intel people from RAW. But we won't discuss any of that. That's not that's not the topic of discussion. The topic of discussion, let's start with, because we want to do like a two-part series with Usman Samyuddin. Yeah. We'll come to the music and, and what makes Usman Samyuddin tick. That's really important to us. But we'll do that in the second part of the conversation. Yeah. What we wanted to do right now is sort of get into a conversation with you about, let's start with the T20 World Cup. Yeah. and move on from there. So, Usman, uh,
1: just uh, on the T20, you said in you know one of your columns recently that you know we're not at that level anymore, that it's not really an international team of, say, a certain standard. Do you really believe that? Do you believe that we've fallen that far uh, behind? Yeah, I think in the, in the format, yeah, in, in, in T20s, we sure are. You know, I, 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 I was talking about this to someone
2: the other day, and I think that if we had played in that first round, you know, the qualifiers, Has is so far behind i like you know okay there there were selection errors there were squad selection errors they, they made they picked the wrong eleven which which would have made a slight difference i think in some of the games but generally if you see the way they fielded yeah on, on indian ground in a t20 match pakistan conceded an
1: all run four in a t20 like i was like, quite four appreciative four of that actually. i thought like somebody's <laughs> providing light relief at least the games are serious. The Pakistan at least gives something back. Gives it back to the crowd. One hundred percent. we love you. So
0: negative, right? They can't see what we're providing. Why are you so why are you so negative, Osman I should be positive. Well, why can't you see the fact that you know Shahida has been such a great player for so long? Actually, I want to ask a question. Like, I'm not very
1: well-versed in cricket anymore. Neither am I. Yeah, so I haven't watched it in the longest time. But one of the things that I have been noticing... So, form of really or his cricketing brain is one thing. But I've noticed that, you know, his... For a captain, he's quite petty in assessing talent or, uh, let's say, a failed performance. One that largely excuses his own personal contribution. But I don't know, is that something that is recognized about him, or is it very particular to him, or is it just his inability to put his um, thoughts across well? when what, 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 you mean, like, uh, discussing failure, do you like your, are you talking about like the collective failure of the team, or some other Yes, players? yes, like, uh, either about players. I saw that in the PSL as well at the end of it, you know, he didn't think any real talent came out. Maybe that is the truth. Also, recently... Uh, you know when he speaks about um, mm. you know individual performances or whether the batting yeah, failed yeah. or whatever. Especially since he I contributes think, to think, both. Uh, I think, unfortunately, he's. he's
2: I, I get the sense anyway. You know, I've interviewed him a couple of times in this period as well, and I get the sense that like he's doing it to kind of take attention away from his own form and his own performances. Because mm. I personally believe he's, he's played on two, three years too long. You know, right. I, I don't think he should have been made captain for the format like back fourteen when Sherry Yarsa made him captain, I don't think he should have been I think he was finishing then. And I think now there is an element of truth in what he says and as in he says stuff like, you know, our players keep making the same mistakes over and over and over again, which is fine. But you know, as Yeah, as but but you know, my I, I mean have I
0: have a six year old I have a six year old child, Osman, and I think they could probably Come up with that gem of an insight that, that our players keep making the same mistakes over and over again. How many times yeah. is Umar Akmal yeah. gonna get out cross-batted in, in his twenties or thirties? Or, or like I mean, you know. So I don't think it takes like Stephen Fleming-esque or Kumar Sangakara-esque intellect, cricket intellect or IQ to yeah. figure out yeah. that we're making the same. I, I guess the a lot of people are feeling a lot angrier than perhaps me and Fussy. We're I'm a part-time fan in the sense that I really get into it when there's a big tournament, certainly when India's uh, on the horizon. Um, I love, uh, you know, a fiery performance like any Pakistani fan. You know, the the whole Wahab thing and the whole fiery thing. Like, I'm into that. But, you know, there's one thing that's really obvious, which is that this is not a, a particularly talented team. I mean, you know, they cannot bat. The, the, it is not an... It's not a professional... The, like, I... There are no professional batsmen on this team. I mean, you
2: know, like, talent is a relative thing, right? These guys are all, like, elite athletes, all of them. No matter how, you know, how much you might think or how little you might think of guys like Burram and or Khalil Adib, someone, they, they are all elite athletes. I think what has happened is that a lot of them, uh, So, guys, someone like Omar Akmal, uh, I, I think it's a combination of him not wanting as much to improve his own game, as you know. If you look at, like, if you if you hear, or listen to guys like Kohli, and you know, the Indian examples are the best, or even. Joe- And they feel like they're not being pushed enough, but they don't have that kind of. And it's a scary focus. You know, it's impossible to like kind of. It's why you're a top-class athlete. Athlete, if you can get that focus, and I think they don't have that kind of drive to make themselves better. You look at the. Look at how. It's, it's really bad to say, but a lot of these guys in the team are fat. Mote are wo unke yani love handles or aur date nikla they Samee jaise bande ka Sharjeel Khan ka, Omar Akmal himself has love handles So. Like you I just think
1: this guy is like you like, know really unfair. He doesn't have an. I a think. Fu- I think you might have. I, I think you might have hurt Fussy's feelings. Uh, <laughs> um. but, but see. I, I have a question there also. Is I, I find it interesting because I read that piece and also that you know the fact that people are unfit, and it was interesting that at one point Pakistan's game was lauded like that. Like if you had somebody like Inzamam
0: right and everybody he, used to say imagine how talented he is that he gets like he gets away like with like this it, sleepy yeah. sleepy oaf. right exactly. this bumbling idiot of and, a human being yeah
1: and this is the thing about pakistani cricket that at least i remember is that it was always supposed to be not about training it was supposed to be having a little bit of a beer guys a bit of you know, love handles, or... Did you say a that <laughs> Yeah. For a Pakistani team? A Pakistani... Days okay,
0: Pakistan. I
1: guess,
0: yeah, yeah. Before the arrival of Hazrat bin Qasim to yeah. the Pakistan
1: cricket team. Exactly. Yeah. And so so, so my 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 question is, um, why is it that, I, I think what goes in tandem with that is not just the fitness, but like these days there's a lot being said that our team is uh besought by these divisions these political divisions within the squad itself like there's groupings and we've heard that for ages you know it's always like in uh, so why is it that this persists in in a way that other teams i'm sure it's there but it they seem to put up a much more unified front than the kind we do yeah I think-
2: Hmm. Yeah, groupings therefore is, is natural, it's a human thing, right? If you have 11 people in unusual circumstances, traveling together all the time, living in hotels all the time, all men for one, you know, so we're all pretty screwed up anyway. If you have 11 guys in a group of 15 guys, of a squad, and you have a system like that, you have a head coach, you have a captain, that so groupings? are natural, you know, 2-3 clusters, or 2-3 clusters. Hangout karte hai, chaar, apne hangout. It happens everywhere, right? And I think our media, like, sometimes they, don't, they tend not to look at, like, more obvious things, like what they're doing wrong on the field, what they're doing wrong away from the field in terms of their cricket. And they pick up on these things. Koi player Shoaib Malik, baat kar hai. Yaar, That doesn't mean he hates you or that he's actively trying to, like, bring you down. It just means that he's Shoaib Malik and you're another human being and just get on with it. But... It's interpreted as that, the group is going to be here. down. Air, divisions, air, but they're natural. Yaar. Every team
1: has it. Achha. The guys in the Australian team who did speak to each other for like eight, nine years, you know, that didn't stop them from becoming the best team in the world. So, so that's amazing. So there's a bit of maybe exceptionalism to the way we view it. But I have another question, which, again, this is a function of my ignorance. but So what's the difference between Najam Seti and where... He's taking the cricket squad, and sheriar Khan, their roles. <laughs> who who do we assign what to? Who <laughs> do we assign failure to and success to? I need to know this. <laughs> yeah, this is yeah, this is a, like this is a book, right? <laughs> basically, basically, so so those two are like kind
2: of. Nazim said is a really sharp operator, and I think you know he and, and so so Sheriyan Khan, you know, he, he's not like the the gentle old caring fatherly diplomat and all these they're both obviously sharp operators. They wouldn't be where they are if they weren't. And I think there is like definitely there is definitely games going on between those two. And I think Najam Sir is trying to trying to like kind of shift all the blame away from himself in these moments and calling himself like, you know, I'm the P S L guy, I'm the P S L guy, I'm the P S L guy, and Sharia Khan is being left as the chairman. So it's Sharyar's name, Mr Ayar name which has come up most often in this Fiasco because it's the national team, and Najam Sethi has aligned himself very much as the PSL guy over the last like year or whatever. But 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 the way he is, I'm sure that you know if there's an opportunity where Sheryar Saab has to step down or something, then the first name you will see.
1: And I'm trying to be very very. <laughs> I I love this description. <laughs> will be will be Najam Sethi's name for for
2: chairman, and you know he he's not averse to manipulating situations such as this. So, yes, so, what say.
1: so is this is is this because the both roles are relatively maybe imprecise? There's room for each to uh, step on either of the or Is it because both are particularly politically engaged individuals? No, you know what happened. So, the, I, it's, I, I think it's a good thing that there's two
2: people, very strong people in that board, because it's it it brings in a sense of accountability to both pretty strong positions. Which was never there, which has never been there in the board in the first place, which was something that was needed, you know, that you have like a check on the chairman's power and the chairman has a check on like the CEO's power or whatever. So that it's the first time that that's actually come there. But I think in, in the case of these two personalities, it's, see, the roles are like, they're strange. Najam Sethi is also the executive head of this cricket committee body of the board, so he does oversee all cricket affairs. But Sharia Khan is the final word on all these cricket affairs. And Najam Sethi is the man who created the PSL, or one of them who did, and Sharia Khan was not particularly in favor of the PSL, So there's all kinds of weird, like, interplay happening in the board, which is, in a way, good, in the sense that it brings accountability, but also, you know, it it can bring you to a standstill sometimes. Uh, And now, you know, now it's just a matter of who survives this, like,
1: I and, think basically both fighting for survival. and just a quick uh, question, because I didn't understand this one particular thing, and I don't know if this has been taken back or it was misreported, but charia Khan said, I mean, even before the final game that essentially uh, threw us out, that, you know, after this, Wakar and Afri, are not going to be in the places that they are. Uh, did, that, did that happen? What was the need to do something like that? Uh, I mean, who was he responding to? What kind of pressure was it? Or was this something else entirely?
2: said it's like a it's a ten-year thing. So Afridi had said, you know, the agreement with Afridi was that after this World Cup you retire, which Afridi has now been re- reneging on. You know, he's been saying that oh well, I'm kind of thinking should I stay on or whatever. And Shoaib is trying to force his hand by saying that we had we've had this agreement in two place, uh, two years for two years. This is the only reason you became captain is because you said you
1: would retire after this World Cup. So so, please, so what, please, what makes Afridi so powerful? Is it head and shoulders? <coughs> I think it is there. So, I, mean, I don't know. You know, has got a huge amount of like public sway, and he's also—I mean, you've surely seen like the tea afternoons the tea opportunities he's had with the uh, with Raheel Sharif and
2: stuff. So I mean, like, he can pull in a lot of favors from a lot of different political. He's a yeah, he's, he's a he's a Pathan and he lives in Karachi, or he used to. He's moved to Lahore now. So he's like a mohajir and a Pathan in one, and it's just like you know that makes him. Like, Sub shouldn't have said it uh, during a tournament, right? Uh, but essentially what he was doing was reminding everyone that, hello, you know, he, you're supposed to say goodbye soon, so.
1: Okay, but it's interesting that, you know, he had to do that, or he thought mm-hmm. that it was a good idea, because, you know, rather than performance, these larger issues tend to hold sway on, you know, what kind of decisions need to be made You know, everyone for the team. has to save
2: their own behind, right, as well, so, uh, you know, he, he's kind of like, you know, stabbing. Yair sab is also under pressure, like, we'll be looking at why, why is he German, why is he overseeing such a horrible team performance, so he's under pressure as well and he's got to kind of let that out somewhere and let the public be known that he's in charge and actually it's other people who are at fault, you know, so, uh, that comes into it as well. Osman,
0: I I mean, one thing that sort of challenges the mind a little bit is the, (laughs) is the consistency with which immediately after an abysmal performance in which everybody's kind of like Motham central, right? Like everybody's like, oh my God, this is the worst thing, right? Then the team goes and does something reasonably spectacular. Uh, Oftentimes it's in a different format. So, you know, you'll have this disastrous T20 thing. And I think we've been a disaster in T20 now for, like, we've been consistently bad at T20. Almost to the point that I think it's systemic. And I think the systemic Mm -hmm. is that we don't have, I I don't think we breed young players with the kind of self-confidence that they need to have in this form of the game. I I just, like to me, this is not a talent issue. It it ends up that they look like unprofessional, sort of lacking in talent individuals. But actually, this is also about mindset. And, you know, you look at Virat Kohli and Shikhar Dhawan and and the way that they walk out to bat and kind of the the swag that they have. You know, it's just a totally different... It's, it's, you're looking at two different sports. I mean, they are in a yeah. different league. Um, I guess the question I have is, what stops the universe from conspiring against Pakistan once again over the next six months, seven, eight months, so that there's another amazing performance, maybe in a one-day series, maybe in a test tournament or, you know, a test sort of matchup? Um, and everybody's like, oh, wow, we're so talented, you know. And then somebody writes an article about, you know... Obviously, Samgora writes <laughs> writes an article about how mercurial the Pakistani team is, and look at look at the circumstances. Like, there's an operation Zarbe azb in one part of their country, and they're they're practicing and working out at shapes in Lahore, and then they get on a plane, and the Emirates flight is crazy, and suddenly you know they 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 bowl, and then Ahmed bowls out six people, and suddenly yeah. Pakistani cricket is rescued. Is there any guarantee we won't see a repeat of this this whole sort of you know this whole narrative once again? No no of course not. We will. And you know, because because one thing is that Pakistan's test site, still with Ms. Baidulus in it, is is a decent test side, <laughs> so you've basically preempted the whole thing. You're you're saying it's definitely gonna happen. <laughs>
2: it will, man. Take
0: Oh my God! It's like the it's like it's a ninety two world. It's the summer of ninety two again. Listen, the big
2: thing is that you you've got guys like Misbah and Yunus in that test side who you know are kind of de facto guardians of that side, which you don't have in the in the shorter game, basically. And you, you know you were saying earlier about it's a it's a different sport that Pakistan play, and it's because you know I mean Virat Kohli and Shikhar Dhawan. Now, for the next two months after this tournament, we'll be playing in the IPL, where they'll be playing in front of eighty thousand mad crowd, playing with the best players in the world, and they do that every year. You know,
0: Pasan has not been playing in a league like that. Wait, 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 wait. So, so it took us. We're at the twenty-two mark in this twenty-two minute mark in this conversation, and it took us twenty-two minutes, less than twenty-five minutes, for you to go into essentially a systemic apologia for Pakistani cricket. Because there was an attack on the Sri Lankan team, there's no international cricket in Pakistan. Pakistan is the younger, poorer sort of cousin to India, and therefore it's okay if we don't produce Virat Kohli's because, hey, you know, somebody attacked the Sri Lankan team like seven years ago. It's not okay, it's not okay, and it's not that much to do with with Sri Lankan cricket. If if the
2: world's finest, right now I would say, the finest kind of... Breeding ground for the new kind of T20 player, which is India, the Indian Premier League. If they do not allow you to play in their league, then you're gonna expect them to, you know, to, to become those players. They, you know, it's simple, man. If Omar Akmal had been playing or Ravindra Jadeja had been playing in the IPL for the last six years. They, I'm not saying that they would be great, but they would be a damn sight better than what they are right now. I think they'd and be married. No, I think
0: it. I think a couple of them, like one of them, be married to like Sunny Leone, the other one be married to Priyanka <laughs> Chopra, and that's about it. I, I really, I, I mean, if you look, the IPL. No, I'm I'm serious about this, right? The IPL thing just came up, but you know, the interaction with India, there's a long history to it. It's never been used as a. We have never used Pakistani cricket's engagement with Indian cricket. To improve our spin bowling once upon a time, or to improve our no. batting once upon a time, right? So no. for for you to assert that if we'd been allowed to play in um, in the IPL, that somehow we would learn how to deal with the pressure of T20 batting in particular, I don't buy it, Usman. I, like, I, why not? Because why because we never got better at the spin bowling when we when when there was no ban on engaging with India, you know, in the seventies and eighties and nineties. We well, never. Who's the highest ranked who's the highest ranked T20 fast bowler that Pakistan has produced recently? Uh, I don't know. I'm not sure I think the last guy was probably Gul, you know, who was who's was high up there but his 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 heyday was at least 5 years, Usman, years ago, Usman. This is not about discovering bowlers. This is about making
2: batsmen better. Like the base the, the base change in T20 cricket is so fast, is so fast has undergone an entire, complete revolution. And that revolution has been almost single-handedly sparked by the IPL. And what people, So if you sit in a dressing room with AB de Villiers, he's going to tell you oh, look, Omar, this is how I play the reverse laps, lap scoop or whatever. Omar says, oh, yeah, you know, many technique I see, I can't really do it. AB says, hey, listen, let's go to the nets. Let's get that guy who happens to be maybe one of the world's best fast bowlers to bowl at us in nets. And why don't you practice that lap scoop? Keep doing it. Keep doing it. So Omar says, okay, I'll, I'll keep practicing it. Then he goes to a big match with 80,000 people facing him down. And he's under pressure, but he's not under that much pressure because it's not a Pakistani crowd. So they don't engage with him in the same way. So what does he do? He risks. He tries that shot. And hey, presto, it comes off. It goes for four and he ends it off. the That gives him the confidence. Go and do it again and, and again and again and again and again. And this is how guys like Virat Kohli and Rohit Sharma and Suresh Raina and, you know, whoever they have in their batting, even someone like Villiers, this is how they have improved their game. You know, that's a so very, like, they, they all
1: have the talent. This is how they have improved their decision-making and their game generally. Now, Usman, I, I just want to, you know, just one small observation. We keep talking about Umar Atman. I've often uh, found one really interesting thing about him is like when he's doing really well, he's hitting a couple of sixes, getting a couple of boundaries. He looks quite handsome, actually. And the thing about his face is that when he's doing really poorly, there is sort of like a pathetic version of his expression. It's so supremely expressive, his face, that each time... I categorize him in like these two really extreme diametrically opposed versions of how I see him. One is like fairly good looking, one is, you know, sort of like, you know, really down in the dumps and whatever. But the second question is, you know, when T20 first started out, I found it like, you know, uh, even the stakes didn't seem so big to me. This time round. it actually seemed bigger than the one-day World Cup to me.
2: Yeah,
1: And yeah. But I, I, I don't enjoy watching T20s as much. I'm just wondering, in the evolution to T20s, what aspects of the game or what shots or what bowling techniques are sort of being excluded by the T20 because of the nature of how it is? Uh,
2: well, I mean, you know, defensive batting for a start.
1: Oh, Pakistan um, seems to like do it quite well. <laughs> <laughs> Right. That it's still necessary you know, as long as you're playing test,
2: it's still necessary. Uh, and and I the other thing that has really I, I feel has gone missing is attacking fast bowling. Okay. Like you know, which is bowling where you're looking to take a wicket rather than trying to save runs. Uh, I, I think that has really been affected. Uh, and and like you look at some of the best fast bowlers in the world, like someone like Dale Stain, who isn't actually that good, maybe at T20s, and it's because he has always, I think. Bold to kind of take wickets and attack, uh, and in T20s where where the equation is, a, is is slightly different, and you know you have less overs anyway, but you, you don't maybe need to like you have to bowl different lengths because you're not looking to take a wicket every ball. Uh, I, th- I think that's like it's been a, it's been a huge change for for fast bowlers, and you may like you know you guys you, you have geniuses like Amir who can probably operate across all formats. Uh, but I, I think you know generally, I think fast bowling has been kind of hurt in attacking fast bowling, as well as attacking spin actually. You know, you, someone like Yasir Shah, uh, I think he might struggle
1: in a T20. You know, now, now Us- Usman, just one thing, and this I think I've discussed with uh, Musharraf once before on a th- hmm. podcast very briefly, but I've often had this problem is that while growing up, on the aesthetics of fast bowling, I like I Imran Khan is hmm. the most perfect bowler I've seen. It just looks fast, yeah. it looks dynamic. And then, you know, you've got, then I've seen people like Malinga and I'm like wondering, you know, if the action was nice, you know, he's a great bowler.
0: Oh my God. This is typical sort of bakhtun sort Uh, of racism. uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, no, no. no. no, no. The Nazi, the Nazi patan looks (laughs) good. And the, and the the South, the South India Sea sort of, you know, The only other guy who I thought had
1: a perfect one was Alan Dolan. And now I just saw uh, Alan Donaldson. Donald uh, I mean, an
0: but, but and, and of all, of all, of all <laughs> the nations, and Africans. Africans. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what about us kafirs? Uh, ka- kafirs, <laughs> I can so,
1: so, I mean, even even when I, you know, like... <laughs> <laughs> so, well, why don't, don't you like Makaya Natini? He called him. I ignored whatever this Makiyo <laughs> What about Courtney Ambrose? Court.
0: Oh, he was good. Gonna, it wasn't know. Courtney Ambrose. It was Courtney, Courtney Walsh. Walsh. <laughs> <laughs> no, no.
1: But my point is, like, I anyone I see since that time, I, I, either this is, um, um, I mean, what is it? I mean, I I was just watching one of the Indian bowlers. His uh, name safir whatever his name was. Uh, Umbra. K- what? I forget his name, but he's got like you know, it's literally an a degree I I bet, you, I bet you, you
0: didn't like Lakshmi Bhatti Balaji. He's got uh, that is he the one who
1: does the I mean, martial maybe martial I'd worship at his temple, but I don't know <laughs> if I like this bowling. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that guy. He woke on him. Just breathe Bumrah. So so my question is, can you explain this? I mean as a historian of the game, why is the aesthetics of the fastballer I mean, even though we see some beautiful Bowling still, uh, you know, some ah. swing, some, you know, movement here and there, speed. But why is this aspect uh, sort of so off? Like what, are you saying that there
0: aren't aren't as many actions that are beautiful anymore? Yes. Ah, that's a subjective thing, yeah. I, I know it is. Okay, so who, who, who's your favorite, wh- whose action do you like the best today? Uh, America with a Okay.
2: I, think are, I really like Dale action. I think, I think he's got a wonderful action. Uh, who else? There's Mohammed Shami. India a both of action, Oscar.
0: Are you saying that because you're in India and you have to say something nice about an Indian fast bowler? Are
1: you trying to get commentary opportunities in India post
0: your retirement? Is this, is this your is this your <laughs> India affirmative action program? <laughs> <Huh>. <laughs> if they don't like it, are you going to go to Kashmir? Oh, what? <laughs> what did he say? What did, what did you say about Arsha? <laughs> no, I mean, you know what? has a really good acting. For a guy who's seven foot two, he has a lovely acting. I, I agree with that. Yes, person. I agree with that. I'm sorry. That's <laughs> the that's the affirmative action program for freakishly tall bros. He's <laughs> seven two. <laughs> Gagoo. I don't even know Gagoo I know Mandi Bahauddin What the hell is Gagoo Mandi? Yeah, Gagoo is where the other
2: the fastest.
1: Oh, wait, 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 wait. I need to speak about this. I'm glad you said this now. When I was young...
0: By the way, just for listeners, because they can't see Fuzzy's face, imagine a child that has just been given the best, shiniest Ferrari toy ever, right? The face is just lit up like... It's like the... Big Christmas tree at Rockefeller Center. (laughs) Fuzzy's face is, it's just a light. I can feel the warmth from his face right now. Go, brother. You go.
1: So when I watched that, right, his bowling to Brian Lara, and I just thought, whoa, this is the most amazing thing I've seen in my life. I I go on YouTube trying to find and I get these really low-res images uh, and files of him. But he was the fastest thing I'd ever seen. His bowling was great. And I think he lasted a year or so.
0: We're talking about... we're talking about uh, Javagal. Javagal We're talking about yeah. Javagal Srinath?
1: No, we're talking about the greatest of them all, Muhammad Zaid. the guy who has been underappreciated by the pantheon of historians. And you know what? This is know, one of those stars. typical
0: Pakistani things where there's like some he random. Started. dude. off, he—he you know he took the greatest batsman of all no, time no, was Zahid Fazal. No, okay, wait, just listen. Osman, Osman, to his name no, as the if best. If you keep ever. pulling out Zahids for every Zahid you bring, I'll bring a Zahid as well. You've got Zahid Fazal. Zaid Fazil was the greatest Wait, Batman ever. Was Ninety-three was one in Sharjah. Ninety-three not
1: his out. Name. Please confirm to this <laughs> heathen. How great was that man before he bowled out? Yeah, Mohamed Zaid. By the way, Fazil has yeah. like this huge fan club. He is like top of all lists of like you know the biggest regret you have over a cricketer. Who didn't Go on. Is Mohamed Zaid is always there, and he was. Uh, Best ever. Musharif, he was. He was
2: yes. one of
1: the types three, you know, ah. and he was fit. and then he had that back injury and that, sh- n- t- tha right. that I told you is, is where am sorry,
0: where was this guy from? Yes. And Yes. What province is Gagu uh, we will just sort this out. Yeah. What, what province is Gagu Mandi in? It's very close to Multan. Of course, it has to be in the Punjab, that's why yeah. he's... Wait, what about Asif Mujtaba? That left arm bowling. What about Basit Ali? What about Basit Ali? That amazing bro from Karachi. What about what about Basit Ali and Asif Mustafa? Why are we not talking about those guys? Because, ah, can, can I ask guy? you, Usman, again? But they knew how to bat. If today's T20 team had a Basit Ali in it, Usman Samyuddin, break it down for me, brother. <laughs> yeah, that be all right, you
1: know. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, Osman, let me tell you another thing. Now, again, since I'm talking to a cricket historian, I need to know, ask this really stupid question. But a, a friend of mine told me, like, this conspiracy theory Oh, Muhammad this is him. Like, this is Fussy himself. No, it's not my friend. It <laughs> is my friend. It was my friend. He told me, that <laughs> Mohammed Zayed was such a great bowler that both Vakar and Wasim made him bowl so many overs, that his back and this guy will be out. Oh, come on. Yeah, yeah. I need oh, to ask awful. this question. And I want you to believe yeah. it, actually. No, I mean, like, he was he was generally badly handled. Ajay. He was generally badly handled. And I think they misdiagnosed him. He body injury. He diagnosis
2: and they gave him the wrong treatment. And that basically messed him up even more. And that, like, basically when he came back, then, you know, he found that he just wasn't as fast as he could be. And at that time, yeah, they didn't have guys who could help him with his action. Like, his action, like, played havoc with his back generally. Right. And... They didn't have, you know, the right kind of biomechanic, biomechanists who were like kind of helping them out.
1: So I'm sort of like the insafian me. of uh, so, Mohammed Zayed because I wanted to believe in slander just so that my hero worship <laughs> was he real. he's a taxi driver in Manchester now. Achha, I thought he was like, uh, yeah. He's
0: coaching. He, he coaches co- as well. Okay, good. He coaches as well,
2: but he also drives a taxi or he owns maybe a taxi car. Okay. Wait.
0: Okay. So, There's Usman, that—that's yeah. That, that well, there is a difference, but it's interesting <laughs> that he's having to sort of fend for himself in that way. Wasn't there a thing called the CSFB, which was this um, Abdul Rahman Bukhatir and the whole Sharjah yeah. scene yeah. CBFS, was basically yeah. CBFS, right? There was this whole uh, benefit fund. So that everybody who retired and, you know, wasn't right. taken care of, that fund used to take care of them. Oh, brilliant. Does the board in Pakistan not have anything where it takes care of, like, people like that? Where there's such a clear case of mishandling? They're, so they, so in,
2: uh, about seven, eight years ago, under this guy called Naseem Ashraf, he was the chairman of the board for a while. Between
1: he also introduced years. development yeah. to Pakistan, right? He was the
0: NXCD head type. And... NCHD. 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 Well, yeah, that's a separate topic. I'm happy to yeah, talk so about I mean, that. I mean, but yeah. was chairman uh, and he made plans
2: to bring in a pension fund for all players for Pakistan who had played like at least, you know, five test matches uh, and like maybe three OTIs or something. Hmm. That never fell into place, unfortunately. used. So, a lot of these guys now, and in contrast, by the way, in India, They have, they've not only made huge one-off payments to all former cricketers, uh, they now have a pension fund in which, you know, guys who have played basically over, I think, three tests for India, whatever age they are, whatever era, get paid like a pretty hefty pension every month. Uh, because they have the money, obviously, you know, and Pakistan, they've also had the money, but they've never been able to kind of utilize it properly. So, in short, the answer is that they did try to do it at one time, but I think now that plan is off the table, basically. Uh,
0: Usman, let's just, you know, because I want to come to more of a sort of a personalized view of cricket, um, mm-hmm. but, but we want to save that for sort of the second half of the conversation. Mm-hmm. And in that conversation, I'd like to talk to you more about sort of how much pressure you feel as probably one of the most senior or or well-recognized cricket writers uh, that belong to Pakistan in terms of nationality and whatever, how much pressure you feel to be politically correct when talking about the board, to what extent the board has the power to revoke access or those sorts of things, But, but not quite yet. I want us to continue talking a little bit about this particular tournament. We've talked a lot about Pakistan and its sort of... I guess, weaknesses is one way to put it. Let's talk about some of the other teams. If you don't mind, I'd like to go through mm. all of the teams and get your perspective on these teams. So I haven't watched much of the tournament, but West Indies mm. seems to be doing really well. What What is that? Is that a fluke or is there something there? Not a fluke at all. They've, they've won the tournament once as well. and you know, So this is, again, West Indies are actually a
2: very good reference point for Pakistan. They yeah. have as shambolic an administration as Pakistan does. You know Their, their team until like three days before the tournament almost didn't take part in the tournament because they were having a pay dispute with their own board. You know, nine of their players didn't want to play and stuff like that. But their players, like Chris Gale, like uh, Marlon Samuel, like anyone else, have been playing in leagues like the Indian Premier League. They've played around the world, and they are actually really good players in this format. And that's why they're doing well, because they've had experience in the best leagues in India in Australia and England uh in the caribbean themselves you know in the caribbean itself so they've they've had experience there uh and they're just very good format players so they're doing very well despite all the chaos there and you know they were they were it was always thought that they would do well before the tournament began new zealand are like this fantastic example of like how how best to utilize whatever small resources you have how to like squeeze the maximum that you can out of like a small pool of players uh, and just be really smart with their cricket and be really kind of analytical and just know exactly, just be really awesomely prepared to go into a tournament. Uh, and they've, they've got a, like, you know, they've, they've also come across a very good generation of players just now uh, under some excellent captains in the recent past, Brendan McCullum and now Kane Williamson. So those two are probably like the hottest teams right now. India uh, are probably going to win this. You know, I've I got to say they're probably going to win this because they are, they're at home, they're... Funnily enough, having wickets made to suit some of their advantages. Um, <laughs> Shocking. They've had that, you know, there's no denying that they've yeah. had that. But but, <coughs> but you know, they've also become like the difference between India and Pakistan since two thousand and seven when Misbah played that shot and India won the first World T twenty. That like the two paths <coughs> that these the two teams have gone on in that time is is phenomenal. These two countries in fact, you know, India has complete well, not completely, but they've really professionalized their, their system. Uh, there's money flowing into their, like, regional associations. They have problems, but, you know, money sometimes solves a lot of them. Uh, and, and they've really become, like, this, this unit now that they have really, really professional units, some of the best fielders in the world, some of the best batters in the world, and a pretty decent, if ugly-looking bowling attack. Um, and so, you know, these three, and who else will get through? I think England have come through. England have completely turned around their white ball game, like their t 20 game and ODI game in the last, like, last year. They've completely turned it around, and that's because they've always had a pretty solid system to choose from. They just haven't given it the right priority always. So these are like you know the four possible semi finalists. I mean, three of them are certain. If India beat Australia tomorrow, then they'll get through as well. Um, and you know they're, they're you can see they're, they're pretty much the best teams, and it's, it's really obvious that they're the best teams in the world at the moment.
0: Okay, so let me ask about some of the other about some of the other teams as well. How soon before? Bangladesh and Afghanistan overtake Pakistan in terms of consistently being a decent test one day and uh, and T20 side?
2: I think Bangladesh are currently a better ODI and T20 side than Pakistan. I Whoa. know Pakistan beat them at the world T20, but I think right now at this moment in time, if you had a series of like three T20s with Bangladesh, in Bangladesh, Pakistan would lose. Uh, I, I don't think they're good enough. Uh Desh are getting... That's... Matches, that's I big. That is...
0: Yeah, come. yeah, that's... That's big. And death
2: and you think... Like,
0: one days as well? They don't have the bowlers and they
2: need to like start winning away from home. They're still very much like a home team. Which I guess, you know, Pakistan is as well to an extent. Just...
0: Um, except... Except home is in Sharjah and Abu Dhabi. Yeah, yeah. yeah. exactly. Except yeah. home is not really home. But yeah.
1: Now, Ushman, another question is like, you know, personally when all the allegations of sort of, uh, you know, our team taking money and all that. That was like, for me personally, I used to love cricket, but then there was, I think, a span of about seven, eight years where I stopped watching because I just, I was one of those people who really lost heart in a way, even though I wasn't that deep a, uh, somebody who was like a fan of cricket. But what, what's your opinion, say, on the return of uh, Salman Bahr now that we're looking for people?
2: Okay, about it you know he served his time uh and and that's the punishment in the in in the game you know the punishment is that you serve five years out of a 10 year sentence because five of it is suspended um he accepted kind of in a way what he did and what he did was wrong he's paid his time and you know in society you you allow for people to come back after they've admitted and 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 been punished so you know I, i that sense, I, I don't really have
1: much against him coming back. But, but would have these three never played again had the case been uh, sort of filed and taken up by the board in Pakistan? The fact that, you know, somebody like Salim Malik uh, got it forever almost, is, is that—is that one of the things about why people start questioning that, you know, sort of the UK system, that that was the punishment, maybe it was too light or something like that? Uh, I don't,
2: it's difficult. to Pakistan would have had to follow in any case they would have had to follow their you know ICC laws basically and I think it was they had to also face a trial because this happened outside of Pakistan in England you know they, they would have had to whatever happened I think what happened with the Salim Malik thing was at that time there were no laws against match fixing because it had never happened before Right. so Pakistan were doing things on the fly uh, and you know Salim Malik was banned even now I mean you've got to say that he was banned on essentially what in a court of law uh, and he was never convicted in a court of law, but, you know, uh, in, a, in a commission inquiry, but it was for, it, it was on circumstantial evidence, essentially. There was nothing, there was no sting operation, well, there was one sting operation against him, but that was his views. There, there was no hardcore evidence that he had done this. It's just people's testimonies, people's word 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 against his, you know, which I don't think would have passed, to be frank, in, in a court of law in 2010.
1: And do you think the lack of
2: allegations this time
1: around is because... We see our team as so poor in quality <laughs> that nobody wants to even suggest that anybody would put money or say that they could potentially win and they'd throw a game. I mean, it, it is kind of surprising with this kind of loss at this time round. We're also a bit quick to suddenly throw mud at our own team. This time round, it didn't happen to that degree. I, I think it's because, you know, the,
2: the, the nature of the losses plays a big role. If, if you see, you know, you you'll see that, like, I think... People saw these kind of accusations around when Pakistan are doing really well and suddenly there's like an inexplicable loss. Like, how did you manage to mess that up? This time, I think people were kind of expecting them to be really bad anyway. And they turned up and they were pretty bad. And I think it was just like, well, you know, surely they're not going to fix it. They're they're so bad that they're going to lose anyway. And I think that because they've lived down to expectations, people are like, yeah, well, you know, it's not fixed. They're just really bad
0: speaking, again, sort of going back, I mean, you mentioned that Bangladesh, in your opinion, is a superior ODI and T20 side. Um, what, what, what's your take on Afghanistan? I, I'm really excited when I see Afghanistan playing, partly because it's, it's like a sport that that country is kind of adopted from the experience of Afghans living in Pakistan. Over the last it's the 40, refugee years.
1: experience yeah, taking exactly. the game back exactly yeah.
0: and it's an amazing story like i think it's an amazing source of of goodwill in afghanistan unfortunately you know pakistan pakistan has never been very good at taking advantage in the right way of, of things like that but, but but i am i'm really keen to to learn about your take on the state of afghan cricket and where it's headed well you know it
2: doesn't often get mentioned and i think where Pakistan shoots itself in the foot sometimes, but the PCB has played a huge role in Afghanistan's development. You know, they, they were one of the first, uh, like, big cricket nations to help out like a smaller nation like in, in the way that they have done. You know, they invited their players over to play domestic cricket in Pakistan to get better. They invited them to play club cricket. They gave them use of their facilities in Lahore at the NCA Gaddafi Stadium and stuff. You know, the Afghanistan team they used to come over and. Uh, pretty much lahore was their home that's where they used to train that's where you used to like you know learn of of our coaches of pakistani coaches and stuff so that helped them in their earlier years when they were just kind of coming up and it, it's kind of i guess you guys will appreciate this more than i will because you, know, you guys kind of know about these things more but it, it's kind of it's kind of apt now that pakistan uh, that afghanistan's new home now is in noida in delhi because the PCCI has said that no, we'll help you out. We'll help you guys out now as well. And the PCB's kind of taken a backseat in the whole thing. So there's all kinds of strategic depths happening there. Is
1: Kabir Khan still their coach, or is that no, oh, in in l- l- oh, is, oh yeah, I yeah. yeah. The yeah coach, in right. Kabir Khan was their coach, and so I,
2: I, I think you know they've got a great team. Uh, they are a side. I think that it's probably far better at playing uh, like t20s and odis then like the longer form of the game and that's like a big question in in the world of cricket right now is whether you want these these countries like afghanistan like ireland like scotland uh, a lot of these developing countries whether you want them to play just the short form of the game or do you want them to like play long form cricket you know test matches and stuff and i think where where's a country like ireland is probably as good as playing you know at, at playing like a longer test match as it is at playing a t20 match a team like Afghanistan, because of the way they've grown up, because of the influences they've had, I think they're a better 50-over and 20-over side uh, than they will be like a long-form, basically, side.
1: Just another question. In terms of, like, cricket and its evolution, I find it interesting that, you know, shortening the game was the direction they took. I I often wondered, Hmm. did cricket ever consider, actually, uh, you know, sort of the implements of the game, changing that? Like, tape ball is such a massive, massive thing. It's where even some of our fast bowlers got their advantages from because it requires so much more effort to um, chuck it faster. I mean, did they yeah, ever think no. of... I think the operative
0: it, term there is chuck it. but Yeah. Course. But, yeah. <laughs>
1: but, but, but was that ever considered as a as a variant of the game? They've, no, but, you know,
2: what they've done, what cricket's done over the year, one of the things that has stayed the same always is the ball ball has stayed pretty much the same size, the same material, uh, which is remarkable, you know, given how convoluted a thing it is. Um, but it stayed the same. Uh, the bats have changed. That's the biggest thing that has kind of changed. You know, the bats have become bigger. The bats have become more powerful, yet lighter. Uh, and, yeah, of course, you've got all kinds of you know safety equipment and stuff. But I think as far as the implements go, the bat has changed a lot more than the ball. And I think that tells you a lot about how the game is increasingly dominated by batsmen more than anything. Um, And otherwise, you know, everything else is the same pitch. It's 22 yards. That length hasn't really changed, I think, since the 1900s. Uh, Three sets, the the three stumps always there. Um, One umpire at one end, another at the other end. That kind of stuff is remarkably unchanged And the ball. But the bats are the things that have changed throughout the game. Um, And, you know, over the last... 10 years, I think bats have gone, undergone like a huge, huge revolution.
1: They, they look the same, but they don't act at all the same way that they used to. And just a general uh, question is, why, uh, sorry, ahead. No, no, which is, why does it seem that, you know, the production of the great fast baller, I mean, again, uh, it's obvious I'm a Pakistani fan and that too a very shallow but uh, like, you know, you had amazing... And also middle-aged. And middle-aged. Yeah. So from a certain... Fantasies era. of Akhat and Vaseem and, that, and that's it, it. just won't let go. Yeah. Okay, Same here. Right? So, so the, the question is like, I mean, where yeah. are they? I mean, we do have some. We've got you know Mohammed Ahmed, I you think. Specifically, Pakistan. Pakistan, uh, the West Indies in particular. Um, you know, South Africa. No, there's no, there's no yeah. fast bowler.
0: Dale stay one, That's it. Yeah. There is yeah, no other fast bowlers. Yeah. yeah. There are no great fast bowlers in the world. Yeah. but that's, that's that's
1: that's my question. What happened to that? I think the amount of cricket these guys play now it's like
2: it's ridiculous. You know how much they're expected to play. I don't like fast bowler is such a physical thing, right? To to be a fast bowler is such a physical act that you you, you know before you used to. I mean, you had guys who played a lot, but you know there weren't three formats back then. There weren't matches all year round. There weren't things like the IPL and the Big Bash League and the Caribbean Premier League, which are increasingly like eating into your calendar in the year. And I think for a fast bowler to sustain himself, to, to remain, say, truly fast, he has to like pick and choose. So someone like Wahab Riaz, who you know is at his peak right now as far as pace is concerned, especially, he will have a much lesser peak than someone like Wasim Akram or Wakar, simply because he will play far more matches far more intense games uh, than Wasim Wakar ever did in a year. You know, he'll be, he'll be playing T20s, he'll be playing ODIs, and that's just, it's just it's natural, right? It'll take a toll on your body completely and you won't be able to keep it up. It's, it's basic human biology, I guess. But why is
1: it that we're seeing less of that fancy physics-defying... Is it because of the pace issue or...? No, it's the, it's the, it's yeah, it's because the because wear and tear don't
0: of the calendar. They don't want not expend themselves so much yeah. because okay. they want to try and prolong their career as much as they can. Quite rightly. But, you know, so so they, they choose to reduce their pace sometimes. Like stain has
2: been bowling at, at a lesser pace for the last five, six years. Yeah. He's figured out that, you know, if I, if I keep bowling as Mitchell Johnson, prime example, you know, he had periods where he used to bowl really fast. Then he tried to cut down his pace. But now he's, he's a 130s bowler. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah, yeah. Uh, Usman, just to close out the, the sort of the T20 World Cup, you know, I think yeah. let, saving the best for, for the last... Talk to us a little bit about your perceptions of the women's team and that team's evolution. Uh, We had Sana Mead on the the podcast uh, a few weeks ago, and I mean, she was a revelation, you know. Um, Until we had you on, she was the record holder for how long we've kept someone waiting while we've been audio engineering. (laughs) Uh, so, So once again, apologies for keeping you waiting as long as we did, but... But, you know, Sanamid is just one part of, of what I sort of increasingly sounds to me like a exceptionally well-managed team. Uh, there's yeah. a clip of her encouraging one of her players at the end of a match, which has yeah. really gone viral because I think Pakistanis yearn for that kind of leadership where, you know, there's somebody yeah. patting you on the back, reassuring you, but not speaking for you and not yeah. and not cutting you slack like not saying Queenie, you know speak in the language of no S- keep speaking keep trying you're doing exactly. a good job yeah, sure. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. it's it, i thought it was remarkable she's phenomenal you know she she really is She truly is and i think
2: ahmer uh, ahmerdaqwi wrote this in a in a profile he did of her i, I think she, she has to be acknowledged as one of the greatest of pakistani captains uh you know without a doubt up there with guys like kardar and imran she she what she has done with that side the last seven years is truly truly and, and the major thing i think that she's done the the most amazing thing she has done uh, and you'll see it with this team is that she has she's kept a, a group of people together a group of women together for a long time now this is this is a side that had, that's had very little major changes over the last three or four years especially you know she's kept a group together uh, and the pcb you know to their credit they have recognized that and they have you know they have encouraged it they have pushed it they've given them the resources that they needed and that's one, one of the good things about Sherry actually, as chairman, and Najam Sethi, you know, because they've had a generally a more involved outlook in women's cricket uh, and a, obviously a more liberal one, obviously, but like a more involved one in the sense that, you know, they, they want to put resources that way. They, a lot of a lot of the players now have sort of department jobs where they play their domestic cricket, but they also have a job and, they, and they're paid. They're essentially professional, quasi-professional players. Um, and they've kept them together. They've given them resources. Motisham Rashid, uh, one of the famous seven Rashid brothers. Of you know, of one of the brothers is now the chief selector of the Pakistan side, Harun Rashid. But Motisham Rashid has been a big influence on the side. Uh, and, and Sanamir, and you know, it, it really shows that if if you kind of, if if you are patient with with a product, then then you can kind of push. It. And I, I I hate to say it, but I think maybe the PCB has patient because they have kind of let the team slip under their radar in terms of performances you know, because it, it's still not given as much attention as the men's team. So there's not that much pressure on them to react to poorer performances. You know, Bakan's women's team has had some pretty poor performances as well over the last few years. They've had some disastrous results. They've had some problems with, with chasing targets, especially chasing smaller targets as well. Uh, but because they don't get as much attention, I think it's allowed the PCB to kind of let things go and let things go, and that in turn has actually helped them Helped to make a better team because, you know, now these girls have been together with each other. They've played each, with each other for, for a long time now. They've been in difficult situations together. Uh, and I think it's, it's coming to, you know, it's, it's coming to superb kind of fruition at this
1: tournament here. You know, I was um, recently uh, actually uh, just waiting in my car um, and to my side were these uh, three guards or I presume one or two drivers and a guard. And they were discussing and they were like, It was just yeah. so witty and so relaxed the way yeah. he said it. But also the fact <laughs>
0: the fact that they're that they've made a dent in the national consciousness, I think, is is a big deal. You know what really, really yeah. took me by surprise was Immediately after their victory over India, Salahuddin Haq, the the, the ameer of the Jamaat Islami, tweeted a congratulatory message for the women's team, which I thought, I mean,
2: wow.
0: I mean, all things considered, uh, the remarkable a remarkable change from like it's a very different country, right? I mean, not to suggest in any way that that sorts out all the issues, but a women's team getting kudos from. From Sirajul Haq is, 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 I think, a big deal. And again, I would say that the face of Pakistani women's cricket being Sanamir, being this incredibly poised, uh, sort of just, but, but strong. Like, there's the thing about Sanamir is that she's not like a politician. It, it, this is not a person who will say the right thing. This is a person who will say the correct thing, the thing that needs to be said. But do it in a way that, you know, you kind of have to respect.
2: Uh and you guys have interviewed her, but I, I don't think she's, you know, that fussy or comfortable in the spotlight. She prefers not to be kind of, you
0: know. No, that's very obvious. She, she's, she's
1: amazing. I, I mean, I, w- I want to tell you one thing is that I, when I was seeing, yeah, when I was seeing um, some of the reactions online, you know, I found two, three distinct strands that I really enjoyed. One was those who just saw it as great cricket, who watched the women's game. They absolutely loved it. The second one was a group which saw it as poetic justice that you know Afridi should be making biryani in the kitchen now. Yeah. That you know it was it was it was just yeah. a come back to somebody who was being a bit arrogant at one point. Yeah. And 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 the third one was sort of also is that you know it was almost an elitist argument that you know you've got the boys team what haven't we given them we've pampered them. I didn't know anything mm-hmm. about the girls' team and look at what they've brought home to us. Or well, That's kind of what Usman is, at, yeah, is yeah, saying yeah, as well. Yeah, I agree. I, agree. At, at the, at the, at so the it was interesting team. to see like that whole spread. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Siraj, I would put in the category of the you know where everyone gets into something where you know, you're know you winning. But I agree with you. Whatever the motivation, it's a good thing to it's see. It's a great thing. It's a, it's a good that, thing to so see. That's some
0: bandwagon to jump on for him, right? Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, agree. I agree, I agree, I agree. Absolutely.
1: So Steve. we're going to come to a close on this part of the podcast. This
0: was the T20 World Cup conversation. Yeah, with the great
1: uh, Usman Samiyuddin. And we're going to do another podcast again with Usman Samiyuddin. And going a bit deeper into sort of his life, his approach to cricket and things in general. So uh, the importance of being Usman coming up shortly. The earnestness of being Usman will
0: come out from that episode. All right, let's uh, close this one. Wrapping it up. By the way, uh, ladies and gentlemen, just one quick announcement. The reason we didn't open with any music and we're closing without music is the performance of our men's T Twenty World Cup team. Yeah. Uh, so, 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 don't be alarmed. I, I don't this think we not...
1: deserve to enjoy ourselves. Today. No,
0: absolutely, yeah. and and. You know, when you're morning, you don't play music. So that's the reason. Anyway, thanks for listening. Thanks so much for doing this, Asman. We look forward but to the next is, conversation. Morning is, what, 40 days?
1: But this is T20 morning, so that's like two episodes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> thanks a lot, everyone. Khud <laughs> hafiz.